When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here. College World Series, the championship series underway. Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. We're sitting uh, about four feet away from some awesome Bulldog fans, Marty and his crew. They are all sorts of happy. They're having a cold one here at Zipline before they go whack Vanderbilt. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal on the road today. Will Wilson and his gorgeous mullet back at our ESPN studios. We're loaded up. We're going to talk with Mike Babcock. Babbers will be with us. We'll get his take on, uh, you know, what is next for Nebraska with their athletic director as the Moose is uh, probably back in Montana, uh, forced into early retirement. We'll have some new comments from Ronnie Green as he caught up with the Lincoln Journal star in a few moments. Uh, We'll dive into the fiasco that has been NC State and COVID uh, this hour. And then we'll get rolling here. Charlie McBride will join us. Mondays with Charlie, coach, uh, all about Ed Stewart. We'll learn more about Ed Stewart. Uh, we know him as a player. We, we may know a little more uh, about Ed, the, the person through Coach McBride who recruited him. And Ed was as good as it gets at linebacker for Nebraska. And then Coach Ryan Gatula, Lincoln Southeast. We will go round two with Coach Gatula with more success. His son, Gunner. Uh, is uh, in to be a Husker. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. can also find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence, at Will, at Will Wilson Radio on Twitter, and also uh, for sure at HaleVarsity at ESPN Lincoln. Elijah, good to see you. Are you hanging on to the edge of your seat? You have soccer on the, on the giant projection screen here at Zipline downtown Omaha, just around the corner from TD Ameritrade Park. Are you hanging in okay? Well, I'm hanging in fine. It's, just, it's been an exciting day for soccer. I'm struggling to focus because um, I think, as, as I said last week, it's just so much beer, baseball, and beautiful women out here that, I mean, it, it's it's the American dream we're living up here in Omaha right now. There was um, some of Mississippi's finest. Miss Mississippi, uh, both of them, came in here a little <laughs> bit ago, and that was uh, a good thing. So, you know, it, it, it is interesting as we kind of turn our attention here. We had thought Saturday morning about the Ed Stewart tweet from Lars Anderson. You know, where's Nebraska at in their process when it comes to the new athletic director? Will the full story ever be told on both sides? The full story from Moose on his relationship with, with Green? And will the full 
story on Moose ever be divulged by officials at Nebraska because <laughs> there's a lot of things floating out there about both sides. And you just can't go into it other than timing was quick. Uh, it's not a retirement. It's a forced retirement. There's a big difference. And I think yeah, you had a guy in Bill Moose that w- wanted to be here through December. We'll see what sort of money he gets taken care of with that, that he would have been owed. You know, what, what settlement was reached on that end? Because if the Moose would have been here to December, then guess what? You got 1.25 coming his way for as a retention bonus. From a housekeeping standpoint, your fiscal year for the university starts July 1st. Uh, so this is nice and tidy. But per the uh, Lincoln Journal Star, you have uh, Chancellor Ronnie Green today said he thinks the athletics program at Nebraska are stable. And the school's search for the new athletic director underway. A few brief comments to reporters after the groundbreaking ceremony for the new Kewitt Hall at the College of Engineering. Uh, so here is what Green had to say, we've framed up the search and are in the process of launching that search currently, uh, including having significant conversations within Husker Athletics with our leadership and uh, those within Husker Athletics. Uh, He'll be uh, talking more on that uh, Tuesday. So uh, that's where things are at. You had Moose intimate uh, to the Journal Star and uh, World Herald on Friday Uh, that he didn't really have the final say on that retirement date. The contract, it was set to expire December 31st, 2022. Um, And you had Ronnie Green asked if Bill Moose was forced out. And Green's response, I think Bill's statement stands for itself. He spoke of his retirement on Friday and uh, what led him to that uh, when it comes to the decision-making around when choosing to retire. So it's, you don't need thick tea leaves here. Hey, Moose, you're, thanks for all you've done. You're out by Wednesday. And, and that's all there, there is to it. Let's talk to, let's talk about rather the, the, the next here. And there, there's been all sorts of, of speculation. Okay, it's, it's Ed Stewart. I seem to think it's, you know, it's two-horse race right now. I know I said uh, earlier Friday and uh, into Saturday a little bit, you know, there were some other names that are out there, Elijah. You have people within the athletic department that would love the gig. Uh, You have people that are head coaches that would love other people to get this gig. And uh, and then you have – the reality here. Uh, I think Hank Bounds is somebody that I was kind of pulling for. I don't know that that is a reality or can happen. It's not that he couldn't do the job. But as I kind of reassess and kind of banged the phones over the weekend, I think this is a two-horse race. And at first, I wasn't sure if Jamie Pollard would even consider Nebraska, and that sounds short-sighted. But I think Jamie Pollard is a is a strong candidate for Nebraska. I think Jamie Pollard is probably the, the number one name with this search firm that that, re, that that Ronnie Green is working with. And I think Ronnie Green has probably I don't know this for a fact, but if I'm speculating, uh, I would think that 
that Ronnie Green is going to or has spoken with Jamie Pollard at Iowa State. Uh, I think Ed Stewart is the other candidate. And you look at Jamie's background, all the success he has had on a tight, tight budget for just what Iowa State is. It's earning more money than it's ever earned, but it's still nothing compared to what you have financially and resource-wise at the University of Nebraska. So one of the things to keep in mind here, and I said this on the show Friday whenever we didn't know who the the names were going to be, but Jamie Pollard last year, uh, and he's scheduled to make the same amount of money this year, is on a $700,000 salary at Iowa State. It's nothing to scoff at, but Bill Moose in this upcoming year is scheduled, was scheduled, excuse me, to make $1.2 million. That's a $500,000 raise. You're talking about the resources of the University of Nebraska. If you can blow them out of the water, while it's tough to leave a, a good situation that you've built yourself, $500,000 a year over the course of a contract is not, that's, I mean, that's money that you can go give to your kids, give to your grandkids. It, it's one of those generation changing mind. money. Exactly. For, exactly. For a, for a, for a multi year contract. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the money's great. Uh, you have Iowa state. Is there always, is there always going to be a ceiling at what you can do at Iowa state? You can go win the big 12 this year. You can go knock on the door. Marty, be good guys. Good luck. Mississippi state's going, uh, some of their crews is uh, is taken out uh, you just heard a hail state right there you guys take care hail state hail there state. we go marty just cruz saying hail state baby they love it go dogs go dogs right uh <laughs> back to to pollard though yeah i i think he'd listen if i'm walking into this situation what what is my job to do well you need your two monster sports to win he has history with fred hoiberg uh, and he was the guy who hired Fred Hoiberg. His daughter is part of the, the track and field team here. Jamie Pollard's daughter is at Nebraska. Wonderful. Uh, the thing is, is you've got a couple of guys that are professionals, and I don't know that, that Hoiberg liked the, the amount of money he was making at Iowa State when Pollard was there. I think he felt frustrated there, and I think if you're – Vic from Denver's here. Beautiful. Uh, I also think that if you're Jamie Pollard, you were probably a little PO'd that, that Fred was putting his toe into the NBA waters. You can move all past that now because Fred's making great money and, and Jamie would be making great money. So I don't think it'd be an issue with the basketball side. If you're Jamie Pollard, <laughs> you know, what are you walking into? Are you concerned about what you're walking into with the football program aside from 12 and 20. A, you got to win, but I don't think you're being brought here to to bring in a new coach. This isn't I-Course, Perlman, let's whack Bo. This is, all right, let's 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 get a fresh set of eyes and let's ass- let's assess what's going on with Nebraska football. And you can do that. Now, what type of resistance are you going to have from the, the, the people that are used to kind of doing their own thing in the football department under Bill Moose. There's always tension and transition. So I think that's an issue. I think Ed Stewart is absolutely overqualified. The guy's been, uh, you know, deputy commissioner. He, is, he has heard complaints upon complaints. The guy in, in America that probably hated going to work when it came to university-level football is Ed Stewart because during the season, there's probably a, a list of email or voicemail about how somebody got jobbed on third and eight uh, in the Big 12. You want to talk drama? Well, Nebraska has been drama-filled uh, the last several years when it comes to the athletic department, 
and the academic side uh, with these power positions. Uh, the Big 12's experienced a, a high level of drama. So it'd, it'd just be nothing new for, for Ed Stewart if, if there is drama attached to the job in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he's done that. Why has Ed been at the Big, the Big 12 office for so long if you're a star? And I'm just asking these out loud, right? These are, these are pros and cons. Well, if, if you're Ed Stewart, I mean, you've been around long enough. You've probably been waiting for Bowlesby to step aside so you can maybe get a real shot at being the Big 12 commissioner. But in the meantime, if Nebraska, your alma mater, comes knocking on that door, you get football. Uh, you get what is uh, going to drive the bus here. You'd absolutely come in and take this, and, and you'd, you'd get what, what needs to happen. You also thrived and were part of that 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 shift that change from good to great and you were one of the reasons you went from good football to great football uh in uh, in lincoln you were you were the guy that was spearheading it and a team guy on defense so there's your two horse race right now uh ed stewart and jamie pollard uh, i think if you're a nebraska coach or player, give me the athlete, give me the guy that, that understands what we go through on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Jamie Pollard, though, is uh, fantastic, and he's been incredible with his hires. Do not jump to the conclusion that that means Matt Campbell's coming to Lincoln. That That is not what this hire means, and it doesn't even mean that if there is an opening in the near future for football, which I don't think there is, at least in 2021, that it is going to be Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell's leaving Iowa State for three jobs. Uh, I I think you look at Michigan because of his history there. I think you look at Notre Dame and Ohio State. Otherwise, everybody else, I mean, he turned down multiple SEC schools, and he has turned down the NFL. The Detroit Lions, correct? Yes. Yeah. So that, that is what I know. And that is where Matt Campbell, the only way Matt Campbell ends up in Lincoln is if he goes to the NFL and it doesn't work out. They they are not attached to the hip. And Nebraska, and I never thought I'd say this in my life, is not a good enough job right now in football for him to leave Iowa State for when they just finished 10th in the country. He's been building. And you're knocking on that door, Elijah, of being uh, a Big 12 champ and potentially a squad that, that is uh, in the playoff picture. And I just don't think that Nebraska's play here would be to hire an athletic director so they can go get themselves a new football coach. I know, I know football is king at Nebraska, but there's so many other concerns uh, with an athletic director spot, especially with the job Bill Moose has done in the past three years. He, he says setting a foundation. I would agree with that. He has set a foundation. He's hired the coaches yeah, to, to, to make it happen. Now it's got to start happening. Yeah, you got to keep that Corvette driving down the middle of the road. That's what you got to do. And I just don't think that they're looking at any athletic director candidate saying, but what can they do to our football program? I think it's the athletic department as a whole. And I think they have two great candidates. I really don't think that either would necessarily be a bad hire for Nebraska. I think both can go find success. It comes down to who is the better fit. And I think they're probably working through that right now. But there's a reason that we're hearing these two names. I do think these are probably the two guys on the list. And then on top of that, uh, I also think that these two names are, are both – I don't want to say neck and neck, but I, I think that they've been in the works. And I think there's no, they, they have known there's been interest since before Bill Moose left. So I, I think um, at the end of the day, 
both these guys, I think, could come in and find success in the athletic director spot in Nebraska. Well, here's what here's how it goes down. Hey, uh, we're going to make a change at some point, and this isn't a, a quick turnaround. Hey, let's throw a, a line out to, to, to Jamie Pilar and throw a, a line out to <laughs> throw a line out to um, Ed Stewart. Just man, we're we no, you don't move on from Moose unless you got a couple of guys you like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and you have two really great options. Um, I think uh, current administration that's at Nebraska uh, in the football offices, they they would be more than happy to have a, a former player in to, uh, to, to oversee them. Uh, we're just getting kicked off here. Uh, opening round of the College World Series Championship Series, Vandy and Mississippi State. It's Hale Varsity. Roadshow Monday at Zipline downtown Omaha near TD Ameritrade were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you here at Zipline, downtown Omaha. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Roadshow for the CWS, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Will Wilson back at our studios. And we're talking, uh, you know, what's next for Nebraska in that athletic director chair. Uh, you hear Jamie Pollard. You hear Ed Stewart. And, uh, you know, where's, uh, where's the Nebraska job rank? Yeah, you can get paid. What are you walking into? Some good and some bad. We'll check in with Charlie McBride, get his take on Ed Stewart. And uh, again, 721 North 14th down here in, uh, in downtown Omaha. Just again, a Bo Jackson foul ball away from uh, from TD Ameritrade Park. I, t- I tell you what, these Mississippi State fans have shown up in droves. I've, oh, I've seen all, like all one maroon. or two Vandy fans. It's, it's, it's all maroon. It's all maroon in front of us. They say Hail State and we'll say Hail Varsity. <laughs> and, and it works out well. And, and the uh, rep of them drinking beer. And drinking beer and loving Zipline is so true because it's all maroon. There's been a run on, on shoulder surgeries here also uh, with Mississippi State because three or four of their, their, uh, their fans here have the old sling going. Uh, clearly, they saw Dr. Doug and, and Lincoln Orthopedic. We say hi to uh, Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer uh, from Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com, at MDBabs on Twitter. Uh, I'm flipping through the Hale Varsity yearbook now, an incredible feature by Babbers on 1971. That's 71 D-shirt, the defense, the black shirts. Babbers, uh, happy CWS Monday. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Well, you know, again, we talked Nebraska and opening and, you know, what's going on. Mike, I'd love your take and your assessment here of the Moose era, but also just what this opening and, and this retirement means. We'll get to some candidates here in a moment, but how do you process all of this here? You've seen a lot of things going back to the Devaney era, and again, there's another AD opening at Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what to make of it because I was surprised when, you know, with the announcement and, uh, you know, and then we find out that it wasn't necessarily his decision, but the context would make you think that it was. That that was pretty apparent, I guess, when you look at the context of how things played out. 
um, I, I just I don't know what the what the idea it was. You know, I, I'd like to see some stability in the athletic department, and that's something that uh, over the course of time here we really haven't had much of. Uh, when you look at the changes in in leadership in the athletic department, um, I just that's concerning to me. And I, you know, I know that uh, you guys were talking earlier about uh, Jamie Pollard and Ed Stewart. You know, you've got them narrowed down there, but um, I think either one of those guys would probably be good uh, in this situation. The one question I would have about Ed Stewart is. Um, he's making over two hundred thousand dollars a year uh, in his, in the Big Twelve office. Um, so is he gonna? You know, that's more, that's uh, well. Moose was making what? A little over a hundred thousand. Moose was making one point one million a year, right? <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. I meant one point one million. Um, and uh, Stewart's making over two. Is that right, or is, do I have? Do I have the numbers wrong, the comma wrong there? Well, I I don't know what Ed was making, so if and we'll Google that here, but if Ed's making two million as deputy commissioner commissioner, which seems right, honestly, if you're deputy if you're deputy commissioner, you're doing seven figures. Um, right. So 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 you're gonna you're gonna pay what you need to pay to get here, Mike, because it wasn't that long ago. Scott Frost is up at the podium talking about it wasn't right, but now it's right because it, there's, it's, it's stability and everyone's pulling rope in the same direction. Well, apparently the rope busted within three and a half years, man. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of Googled it here. It looks like Ed Stewart's only making 220-some thousand. That's it? Is deputy commissioner? Well, let's see here. I don't see a date on this thing. Uh, well, three days ago. Well, I, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's what it. I was just trying to see where it where it said. Uh, that ain't enough money to put up with angry and ticked off football coaches. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. If if I've got that right, um, and I I can't find it. I can't find a date on when this. When this was, but uh, it, it ain't it ain't one point two. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was I got my commas in the wrong place there. Um, yeah, here it is. Uh, well, this was this was February seventeenth, twenty sixteen. Yeah, he's probably been bumped a little bit. Yeah, but probably not to the not to the point that uh, he would that he would be making as much as Bill Moose made. Right. Well, so you give you give him what what Moose is making, because Pollard is at seven hundred thousand a year, and you're not doubling, but you're you're not that far from from a, a nice raise. Mike, uh, let's talk a little bit here about the drama uh, within athletics and the University of Nebraska, specifically what has gone on, and and I, I think our friend Dirk Chantlin kind of detailed it pretty well with his column and you know it goes back to, to Bob wanting to, to stay a little longer and Graham Spanier said nope see ya bro and uh, and then it's kind of been a, a, a revolving door can things get calm between who's ever on the academic slash university side and the athletic side it always seems like there's been this arm wrestling match between the two 
Yeah, and that's probably all, that's probably the way it's always going to be. Um, yeah, I know Bob wanted to stay on. And, you know, in retrospect, I think Bill Byrne was a good decision for some mm-hmm. of the things that he did in his brief time here. And uh, and then, uh, you know, things kind of fell apart there. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think there's always going to be a little bit of tension because of expectations and the amount of money that the athletic department generates. Um, that's always a, that's always going to be a factor, I think, in in the in the uh, situation. Talking with uh, Mike Babcock here from Hale Varsity, he's been covering Husker sports for I mean as long as I've been alive. And, and Mike, when you're looking at this, do, do you think Nebraska is looking to make a long-term hire here with the athletic director? I know Bill Moose was almost a stopgap now in hindsight with his three years. So, do you think they're looking for somebody who can be at Nebraska for the next 15, 20 years before they go find another job? Well, uh, I think you'd like to feel that way. I don't know that. I don't know how realistic that is um, in in this day and age of, of college athletics. But um, I think you would like to have somebody that's going to be here for you know more than uh, three years, uh, whatever. And uh, yeah, I, I do. I mean, don't you? Don't you think that's that's the idea. You don't want to. You, you, you need to stop. You need to stop the the the, the turnstile. Well, I, mean, I just don't think in my lifetime I've seen an athletic director here longer than five years, aside from whenever I was like three years old. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a while. You know, that's part of the that's part of the problem. I think is the constant change um, in athletic directors, and you know, you've got to you've got to get some stability at the top. I think to have some stability within your within your programs. Babbers, so what does this mean to Scott Frost? Change. Well, I what think, does this change mean? You know, I think, you know, somebody wrote or people have said, that, you know, it kind of takes away the safety net. But, I, you know, I don't know that uh, uh, I don't know that he's necessarily on the hot seat. It's just that, you know, you're going to be evaluated now. You've got an opportunity. You've had some seasons. You've had some recruiting classes. Um, and it's the guy that brought you in is not here now, so that's always going to be a little bit more pressure, right? I mean, that you have to look at it that way unless, you know, at one point they were talking about the possibility of Matt Davis and, you know, being a candidate for that. Um, you know, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been uncomfortable then, but, uh, yeah, given the, if it comes down to Jamie Pollard and Ed Stewart, you know, you don't have the connection there. So, um, yeah, you're going to be evaluated in a little bit different way, I think. Mike Babcock's with us here at Zipline, downtown Omaha, near the CWS uh, epicenter at TD Ameritrade Park. Got a lot of maroon in front of us. Vic from Denver made the roadie. That's awesome. All the way from Denver. Triple B's here. I mean, it's it's a party, Babbers. We should have brought you with us up here <laughs> to, to, to get things going on. Um, you know, I, I'm interested here. What What's your take? What's your take on Jamie Pollard? Uh, if he becomes the guy, what do you know from afar about Jamie as and, and his success at, at Iowa State? I don't know the ins and outs of ADs other than I know Iowa State doesn't print money like the Big Ten or Nebraska does. But, man, <laughs> he's always nailed his hires. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's what I what I look at, you know, uh, that he's 
nailed his hires, which shows that he understands the needs at Iowa State, and he's brought in people that fit those needs. You know, he's identified those things. And, uh, you know, I think as uh, Aaron Sorensen and Brandon Vogel did a, did a story on candidates, and I think one of them uh, pointed out the fact that uh, Pollard was a candidate in 2017 also. Um, so there is a, you know, Nebraska has a connection there. Obviously, you got a connection with Ed Stewart because he played here. Um, but uh, uh, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's the same way as being the, the head football coach. I think you have to have a system identified, and then you have to recruit to that system, regardless of whether the players have four stars or five stars or three stars or whatever. You've got to identify what your system is going to be, and then recruit to that. And I really think that that's important. Um, and then in the same way, I think it's important for the athletic director um, to understand the situation, the context of that particular university, what the needs are, and how to go about it, how to go about achieving those those needs. Dad, before we let you go, about 30 seconds left here. Who you who you got in the College World Series? Have you been practicing your whistler, or did you go buy yourself a cowbell? <laughs> I'm for the cowbell because uh, that Whistler thing has really got me irritated. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got two SEC schools, so let them, let them slug it out. Mike Babcock's with us. Uh, Mike, we'll, we'll get caught up again. Uh, we will try not talk to you before the 4th. So, brother, have a great 4th of July. Enjoy uh, time with family and friends and enjoy the, uh, the outdoors, man. Thanks for jumping on with us. You guys as well. Take care. There he is. Mike Babcock with us, Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com. We'll continue on Hour 1 here, Zipline, downtown Omaha, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could... Listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Hey, thanks for spending time here at Zipline, downtown Omaha. It's Hale Varsity Radio, CWS Roadshow. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and we uh, thank Will Wilson for rocking extra duty. Love him uh, back at the studio. And that gorgeous mullet. He is feeding and watering that. He's feeding and watering that thing something fierce. Uh, we will check in with Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, coming up. Big thanks to Mike Babcock. Coach Ryan Gatula will join us. His take on uh, his uh, his boy uh, getting a verbal commit to Nebraska, Gunnar Gatula, and we love Coach uh, Gatula. Always awesome with us during the football season and beyond. So we'll check in with him next hour. If you're heading up to Omaha, weather is good. There's sunshine. It's getting a little steamy. You might need a cold beer. Here at Zipline, uh, North 14th, 721, North 14th, and it's all maroon. Now, you can walk in here wearing black and gold, and we aren't going to sne- sneeze at you at all. But it's it's all about Mississippi State here. Uh, Hail Varsity and Hail State, they are loving it. Uh, you're engrossed here in soccer. Yeah, it's a penalty shootout in the Euros. Like, it doesn't get any better than this. France, one of the best teams in the world. And How many guys have put out their cigarette, their parliament, uh, before <laughs> they, they made their penalty kick? Well, there was this uh, this whole drama a couple years ago with this French soccer coach. Uh, and what he liked doing was, whenever he was coaching in France, they let him smoke cigarettes on the sideline. Oh, yeah. And then he got to the premiere.
Premier League, and they wouldn't let him do it anymore. And like, you had to vape instead. No, what they did was he would just take a cigarette and put it in like backwards and chew on it throughout the game because I guess he didn't like chew or whatnot. But he was just he would chew on a cigarette and just like have like all the tobacco leaves in his mouth. Like, ugh. That ugh. shocks me that. Europe's just different. That, that a, <laughs> a, a French soccer coach could not handle Copenhagen. That that blows my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway kidding. So this ordeal with NC State has got a lot of fans upset. It has absolutely frustrated uh, those <laughs> uh, in the uh, the baseball world because right now, if you're Mississippi State, you would have had lighter go against NC State. Well, look, Instead, you get lighter tonight. Now, NC State has beaten lighter. Our, uh, the Mississippi Bold- State Bulldog fans have informed us of that, but they still lost the series to Vandy 2-1. to one. Now, it's it's impressive here with uh, the, the fandom. Tell them about Marty, what, what type of Mar- money Marty made tonight uh, with these seats. Well, Marty was telling us he had nine seats, and this morning he sold them all for $300 a pop. I'm seeing on Ticketmaster they're still listed at 200 bucks a pop for the games tonight. Just ridiculous scalping going on. Mm-hmm. I blame the NCA for getting rid of those GA seats out in the outfield, all assigned seating now. So, so, so Marty had $300 per seat, and he sold nine of them. $2,700 bang. Did that fund Marty's trip? He's like, no, we've been here eight days. <laughs> yeah, but I, did, did Marty tell us what he paid for him? Uh, he said uh, they got some of them, uh, like, whenever the College World Series opened and they, uh, they've they been, like, buying more and more as, uh, as Mississippi State's been doing better. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they've been paying more and more as the tournament's gone on. And they said they, uh, they also paid the $300 a pop for a couple of those seats they sold. So they're getting, making their money back on some of those, but they did make some money. Um, so exciting for Mississippi State. The, the problem is, is because NC State got sent home, Vandy gets to keep their ace, whereas Mississippi State had to pitch their ace in an elimination game on uh, Saturday against Texas. Bedner won't be ready till Wednesday if they get to Wednesday. And they may not have to go to Wednesday. They may sweep Vandy. We'll see. I have a feeling this thing goes three, though. It goes a full three. Vandy's offense has been garbage. They've hit below 200. But uh, I don't know that, that Vandy gets gets held down for long. Similarly, Mississippi State's had a penchant for uh, the clutch hit and for them to do their thing like they did Saturday in whack Texas. That was gorgeous. Oh, so I'm not sure if you just heard the, the big roar that just went up, but one of the best players in the world, Kylian Mbappe, just got his penalty saved, and France has been eliminated. One of the top teams in the world just got eliminated by lowly Switzerland in the Euros. So I'm sure you've been hearing that about on Sports Center, but uh, we can get back into College World Series here. What was the question? I'm so sorry, I was distracted by soccer. <laughs> my, my question is: Is this uh, with Mississippi State and Vandy? Do you think the the Vandy offense gets on track, or do you think Mississippi State kind of keeps this magic? Well, uh, in Game One of the Championship Series, I'm not too worried about these teams coming out tight because they know neither team can be eliminated. I do worry about teams starting to get tight coming. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, whenever you start getting to the place we realize, oh, man, if we don't score a run this inning, things are going to get tough. Where uh, guys going to be swinging on early pitches. I think tonight's probably going to be the highlight of the three games, uh, simply because we get to see Jack Leiter on the mound, who's been phenomenal. Um, and he's been phenomenal in the College World Series, too, so I wonder if somebody can, can tag him up. Um, but uh, if not, it, it, it comes down to the Mississippi State bats. 
Uh, they, they came in clutch against Texas at the end. They came back. Uh, they need to get uh, Jack Leiter off the mound before the seventh inning. Uh, if, if they can't Fair. do that, then they get or they uh, put themselves in a, a really poor position for the rest of the week. So let's talk about NC State here and the COVID protocol and NC State. Uh, they are frustrated. Uh, they are incensed. So does it really come down to, to two, like, slim to none moments in time? One, you had a kid that, that, that was vaccinated catch COVID again and then spread it to four or five other teammates. And the other part of it is, is you, typically if you've been vaccinated, you don't, get, you don't have to get tested. And that wasn't the case. Is that the old switcheroo that has NC State up in arms? They, they, they had to pretty much forfeit, and it was a no-contest ruling as the, the protocol is this for the CWS, where everyone uh, who has not been tested or not been vaccinated gets an antigen test. If you come up positive with an antigen test, then they do the PRC test. And if you, if you test positive with the PRC, then that's when you get placed uh, into uh, to protocol and then they start the contact tracing. Uh, you, you, you get placed into isolation. And it turns out like NC State wasn't able to, even able to move forward and yeah, their 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 coach get all ticked off about you know the topic of vaccination, which is super personal and super political in in both realms. So I, I look at it this way: uh, Did the NCAA change their rules to hose NC State? I, I think they were worried about an outbreak and panic. I'm not condoning. I'm saying this is where they're thinking, and and it comes down to liability. Well, to me, I think the NCAA's worry was that should have. Uh, should NC State have passed COVID to Vanderbilt and both teams been forced to then withdraw? You, then, you, then you got your championship game Saturday night between Saturday, Texas. And, and you lose three games of attendance worth of money. You lose, yeah. you lose three three games worth of TV revenue. That too. So uh, I, I feel for NC State. I saw that whenever they returned back home, they had a little uh, pep rally in their baseball stadium and they declared themselves the 2021 uh, NCAA baseball champions a la UCF under Scott Frost, um, which I don't blame them for. But at the end of the day, it's one of those, the NCAA was put between a rock and a hard place. They really were with the risk of NC State going and spreading it to other teams, the final four remaining, uh, and just completely screwing up the tournament. I, I think they did what they had to do, but I do feel for NC State. The, the bigger part of the tournament. Yeah. So Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, it's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow on Monday here for the College World Series. Zipline downtown Omaha. North 14th, 721 North 14th, as uh, we'll wind down this first hour. Charlie McBride, Coach Ryan Catula next hour. It's Hale Varsity. We are presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are swallowed up with a whole bunch of maroon here. All them Mississippi State fans, they are headed to the bar. They are headed to the tap here at Zipline, uh, 721 North 14th Street. And there's all sorts of maroon and 
even some pom-poms in some back pockets. They are smiling, a chance uh, to take game one against, uh, I guess they're the villains, through no fault of their own. Uh, when they advanced, uh, Vanderbilt, that is, with NC State having to uh, to be well, canceled. Well, it's like Vanderbilt just won the championship last time we had this thing. It's like they look, beat Michigan, yes. Like nobody's going to root for Walmart to do well in the market. Like Walmart's the giant. Like you're not going to root for unless them. you have lots of Walmart stock. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to root that for that crappy underdog cheap coming in and like and, and taking business away let's, from Walmart. Let's be kidding. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, let's, well, okay. If 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 <laughs> Vandy's Walmart, then. Mississippi State's Lowe's, different store, but it's still a <laughs> it's still big a, box store. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking five seed. Yeah, they were still playing in the championship game people six love, years ago. People, we were talking to some some uh, some Mississippi State fans, and they kind of talked to us here before the show. So it's like, y'all hate Texas around here, don't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you may love us, but you really love us for knocking off the Longhorns. It was just this sweet southern tang, twang, this uh, this lovely woman. So y'all hate Texas around here, don't you? It's pretty good. Let's welcome in Mr. Blackshirt. It's another Monday with Charlie, Coach Charlie McBride. Coach, thanks for uh, jumping on with us today. How was your weekend? How are you? Good. Good rain the whole time. <laughs> you're, was, you're telling me, brother. We, we, <laughs> we deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. We we had all sorts of rain over in Des Moines, Iowa. We'll we'll leave a good weekend, except for the the final half ending. We'll we'll leave that one alone. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, it, it's pretty pretty crazy. Pretty crazy start to the weekend, Coach Charlie, with oh. uh, Bill Bill Moose's retirement. What's your takeaway on on observing that from from where you're at here? What'd you think of the Moose? Well, I thought he did a good job. I mean, he he was there wasn't any bends in him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's a straightforward guy, and um, I think that he did. A, I really think he did a good job. It's I I was kind of sad to see him go and not finish up his last year because he just started that project, and uh, I thought that he ought to be, you know, part of it because he's probably the one that promoted it the most. And, you know, and you look at Bill Moose and and his oversight or the ability to put people in position. Coach, can you put into words just how important it is to be able to be comfortable, comfortable around guys you want to hire to, to get that deal closed, uh, whether you're an AD or, or a head coach or that head coach when they talk to you about joining their staff? I mean... You're moving family. You're you're taking a chance. In some instances, you may have had a, a great setup and spot already, but it's not easy. And Bill Moose not only came in here and had to take a look at the football program, and and then blow out a super popular guy. Not that he was good as as a win loss guy, but but Mike Riley's beloved by a lot of people in the coaching circles. And and yeah. then. Go go find a way to, to get Scott Frost to get Scott back here. Well, when he you know it was interesting the way he came in here, you know you almost thought that he was, he lived here. I think you know his background where he did live had a lot to do with his understanding a lot of it of of Nebraska, you know, and uh, 
You know, I thought that was the good part. You know, everybody talks about the coach or the AD or this stuff. You know, there's another part of the family, and I, I, I can tell you right now for from experience, a guy's wife can ruin a staff by being, you know, and so a lot of times you don't look. You just look at him, and all of a sudden you get somebody in here who's not doesn't get along with people and doesn't get along with the other ladies in the thing or the other men or whatever you want to say, and you know it's uh, you know it, it's to me it's an it's an all family deal and I can tell you for a fact that if there's anybody better than Nancy Osborne was with our wives I, I want to know who it was because she held them all together and especially the young ones the guys that came in as graduate assistants to make them feel part of the staff at least the girls feel and that's really really important i'm telling you you know you, you know you don't really know what uh, i think a lot of people just look over the top and oh we got a nice guy and then you got some somebody that he you know is not doesn't get along with people or something like that Coach Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Coach, there were questions of Bill Moose's uh, absence from the Husker football program, oftentimes not being around the stadium. Uh, That was reported by the World Herald on Friday. So I want to ask you, from your time coaching Nebraska, how hands-on do you think the Nebraska athletic director needs to be with the Husker football program? Well, they're responsible for all of them. I mean, that's the one big thing is, is, and I think, I think there was a couple of ADs here that didn't pay a whole lot of attention to anything but football and and um, maybe some basketball. And I, I mean, I talked to coaches where the athletic director they never saw him one time in their office. And you know when you and and I'm on the outside. I don't know. I'm not an athletic director or anything like that. But you got to be family. And I think there, you know, when you go back, there's there's athletic directors that have been here that just weren't weren't family and they're not here i mean it's it's important that you have you you're encouraging all of, all of your coaches whether it's the head coach or the you know whatever woody varner was the you know when he was here he was um, he was in our in our office all the time and i came over to say before games he came over and it meant something to him and i think the same thing goes with baseball or basketball or, you know, all the sports that go on, I think the AD has to has to be uh, visible. Coach McBride's with us a Monday with Charlie Hale, Bar City Radio. Coach, uh, a name, and I talked to you on on Friday night uh, that <laughs> emerged was Ed Stewart. Tell us about your relationship with Ed. Ed's backstory to Nebraska from from Chicago, Mount Carmel, I believe, is uh, the high school uh, that he was recruited out of. Another Chicago guy like yourself. And uh, what what do you know about Ed and the job he's done in the Big 12? And before that, at Missouri, give us, you know, what Nebraskans would be in for with Ed Stewart if he is picked. Well, I, I know, I know, <laughs> I recruited Ed, so I know his family and I know, you know, his, a little bit about his background. I mean, he was a, he was a kid that was highly recruited and he narrowed it down to Michigan and Nebraska. And, 
as it worked out, we ended up getting Eddie, and he was a he was a strong safety, you know, which we moved to linebackers. <laughs> and so I probably didn't emphasize that enough, but you know, I did tell him that some of our guys were, you know, strong safeties. Well, when we moved him, he wasn't a happy camper. <laughs> but it took him a little time, and he ended up, of course, being an All-American. I think he was an academic All-American. He, he was a he was a hard-working, quiet person, kind of. He was, um, you know, I think he's grown up a whole bunch since we first, you know, since he was in college. He went on to Michigan State to get a master's, and then went to Missouri uh, as an assistant AD, and. Um, I think he might have been assistant AD at Michigan State for a little bit, but then he became assistant AD at Missouri and so on. And then, of course, went with the conference. And, you know, and I think that's a big – so he's been at all the levels. And, you know, that that's – I think you take a look at everything. And he's been through investigations. He's been through all the stuff. And when an AD has been through all that, he pretty much knows how to handle the program. With, with Ed's personality, and, and that is totally Ed Stewart to a T, quiet, hard worker, su- just superior talent. Was... He, never, he, he wasn't a guy that was waving his own flag. He was, he was the team guy. He, he always was. It, uh, I think he, he got a good, good – his high school coach was very strict on, you know, your, your, uh, how you acted when you played and things like that. And, and Ed was that way. And, um, you know, he, he just, you know, people are people and everybody's different as their face. And as long as you understand that some, some people are a little wilder than others and so on and so forth. And I think you, you can't be in a one, you know, one track mind as an athletic director. Coach, I, I want to ask you, how, how did you feel about athletic directors' supervision over, over football? I know everyone's got a job, everyone's got a boss, I get it. But that's my question here. What do you think Scott's going through right now with a, a new boss that's going to be hired at some point that isn't yeah. the boss that brought you in? You got that right. I, I remember Monty Kiffin got his first job down. I think it was North Carolina or North Carolina, North Carolina State. I think it was, and he was he went in for a sick athletic director. When the guy got out, he, he just flat said, "You're not the guy I wanted," and bang, he was gone. I mean, it didn't have anything to do with football. It sounded like at that time. I think that's leveled off a little bit, but there always is some of those ads that come in here. And I'll tell you what, if you don't if you don't win, it, it isn't going to be long. I mean, that's just the way it is. And as you know, I, I noticed that the Iowa State uh, coach was um, or athletic director was was mentioned, and he's got a good football coach over there, and and brought that program probably farther than it's ever been brought. I mean, I you know he's done a good job with that, but. So you don't know uh, how that how it all turns out. I I think with Scott being a part of the state, uh, and I say that that helps him a lot. Yeah, you, you mentioned Scott being a part of the state, so I want to ask: when it comes to that athletic director role uh, at a place like Nebraska, is it important for a guy to understand the ins and outs of how this? you know, Husker Athletic Department fits in just with, with the greater fabric of Nebraska society? Because it's a little different in Nebraska than it is in some other states. So do you think it's important to get a guy who, you know, 
Like, it's like Ed Stewart has been around this program and understands it, or, or do you think that the athletic right. director role uh, can, can kind of work anywhere no matter what school you go to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ed's been here. He knows, you know, he came from a, a, a very rigid area, which was crowded, I mean, you know, and to a place that wasn't. I think that had an awful lot to do with him coming here. I think that has a lot to do with a lot of the guys coming here. And he understands, you know, over the years, he, he's understood the people. Now, he's he's been back on campus, uh, you know, for a lot of things, uh, too, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, representing the conference so and, and some of the activities that we've had here, <clears throat> he's been back for. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's really, it's really important that, you know, that they know the background, you know, it's, it's, to me, there's somebody that comes out of maybe the East or something that's never been anything but hardcore type of stuff, you know, people and everything else, and to come out here, it'll be a culture shock, you know. <laughs> I mean, but I think people that have, are kind of Midwesterners or, you know, all the way down through the whole center of the United States and, and in the West Coast for that, man, it's not that big a deal, but. It's a little harder, I'd say, for a guy from the East Coast to come in here, you know, and feel comfortable. I mean, it's just not, you know, it just isn't isn't there, you know. And I know when I chose a school from Chicago, I went to school out west, and it was only 10,000 students. So, you know, that was like going to heaven without people all over the place. So... Anyway, it was, you know, I, I think the AD thing is, I think the people, in the, especially some of the football guys that are on, or people in, that have been around football people that are, that are with the Board of Regents, I think they really understand, you know, what, it, what this state is all about. And I, I you know, my question to, my, to the first guy would be, and it may sound stupid to everybody, but what do you, uh, you know, do you like football or what is your, you know, relationship with football and so forth? And if the guy says, I think we ought to stop and go with education and do this and that, you better not bring them in here. <laughs> you know, but again, <laughs> you know, the AD out, the AD here has got to have fun. I mean, you've got, I mean, it's just as life is too short. <laughs> You got to have some fun doing some things, and you got to you got to be kind of tight-fisted too. You can't you you got to run the all the marbles that are going through your office, and you know you have to have the right people. And as long as they are working with people that they care about and they have fun with, this place will be dynamite. Coach, I think you're right on with it. And and the moose was he had a lot of fun with people. And uh, you need that happy medium of having fun, but also being able to, 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 to supervise and get done what you want. Real quick, Coach Charlie McBride, who do you got tonight? Are you going Vanderbilt or are you going Mississippi State? I'm going to go to Mississippi State. Yeah, anything with an M. I think anything with an M, you know, like McBride or Mississippi State. <laughs> I love that. Coach, we will talk to you probably next Tuesday uh, since we're going to be blowing stuff up on Monday. You have a great 4th of July with family and friends, okay? Okay, we'll do it. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Coach. You take care. Appreciate you. There he is, Mr. Blanchard, Charlie McBride. uh, Coach Ryan Gatula is up next. 
City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Hey, we are back here at Zipline. The, the legend of, of Nate Dickerson is here. He is on the radio. His lovely wife, Katie. Guys, get yourself a cocktail. All right? And uh, that is pretty good. Dear friends, dear friends, it is awesome to be up in Omaha here on the, the road here for the College World Series. We Welcome in, and he not can yet. hear us not this yet, time, Schmitty. which is great. Schmitty, not yet, man. I got to get him real fast, okay? Damn it. <laughs> it was perfect. The lead-in was going to be great. He, uh, Will was in the studio. I saw him on, on the little video feed there. He was brushing his hair. He totally missed the phone call. Let's be, let's be straight. He was feeding the mullet. You give everyone an update on the NBA and soccer. I'll be right back in two seconds. Yeah, well, soccer today was absolutely unreal. Um, just a crazy upset by Switzerland. I, I was telling you about it back at uh, in the 440 segment where Switzerland, big, big underdog, uh, and they ended up with uh, killing Mbappe at the spot, the fifth penalty taker, the last one. He had to make it to uh, to keep the penalty shootout going, and uh, he's 19 years old, plays for Paris Saint-Germain, one of the, the best clubs in the world, one of the best players in the world. He has penalty saves. That was just an incredible upset, an incredible day of soccer. Uh, when you look at the NBA, because Chris told me to go there too, uh, you got the Suns and Clippers at it tonight. Suns six-point favorites. Chris walks back over to the table. Uh, I, I don't know if the Clippers are going to be able to close it out. Um, Will still efforting Coach Katula here. <laughs> so this is good. I can't find his number. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm working here. <laughs> well, we may have to go a little longer. How about this old Southeast pipeline? I'm a proud graduate of Lincoln Southeast. So I want to ask Atula about this. I'm going to ask, like, how much better was your son than me? Like, we played the same spot. You don't want that answer. <laughs> I probably you, don't. You do, listen, and I, I remember doing games with you. I was like, and I just absolutely murdered your last name. But, but, but I was like, okay, big number 77, right? Something like 77. You were, you were in the 70s. Because you were a monster left tackle with yeah. your size. Yeah, I was a big boy. Right, and and you moved well, and I always and you had a couple of key blocks and fumble work. I remember giving you props. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, I, the, the the problem is is I mean, here's my thing. Well, like, I was while I was a big boy in high school. I was not a six foot six, two hundred ninety pound frame that Ryan's uh, son's no, got. So and he, and he has two years till he's a, a, a senior. I mean, yeah, I was watching his huddle highlights uh, as we got Gatula on now, and I was watching uh, Gunner's highlights, and I was like, okay, as a sophomore, this dude honestly was probably better than me as I, I was as a senior. We, we bring on <laughs> Coach uh, Ryan Gatula with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we, we got a much better setup, so this will not be, uh, what are they saying to us, radio? How are you today? Thanks for the time. I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, thank you. So we need to go into the, uh, the, the Gatula versus the Elijah Herbal at left tackle. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we were just spending some time on that while we were trying to connect to you. First and foremost, congratulations to you and your family with, with Gunner's uh, offer and, and uh, Verbal to Nebraska. Take us through the, the process of being dad and, oh, yeah, by the way, coach through this with Nebraska and, uh, and, and tell us, I guess how how you guys are feeling with everything. Yeah, well, it was certainly was uh, an interesting experience dealing with dealing with it from a 
parent perspective and not just a coach perspective. And really, we as a family, we have the opportunity to meet a lot of wonderful people. There are just a lot of great coaches out there that uh, fortunately, you know, wanted to, to meet with Gunner and talk with him. And, and uh, I thought he handled that process really well. But, uh, you know, we met a lot of wonderful people, and I'm just proud of him and how he handled the process and, and um, you know, made the decision uh, as to where he felt like he fit in the best um, as he goes off to college here eventually. Talking with Coach Ryan Gatua here on Hale Varsity Radio. His son, Gunner, just committed to Nebraska yesterday. And, and, and Coach, whenever I, I look at Gunner, and you, you discuss the uh, the process of, of the recruitment, did it help him to have guys before him like Luke Gifford, Gerald Foster, Isaac Gifford, all these guys that have come through Nebraska and, and gone to Division One programs, uh, including Nebraska? Has seeing that helped him through this uh, recruiting process? Well, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, Gunner's been around football his, his whole life, and so uh, he's kind of seen, you know, what it takes, uh, not just during the season uh, with preparation, but during the off season. And um, he's had a lot of great mentors uh, in our football program at Southeast to kind of uh, show not only him, but a lot of the younger players in our program kind of the way and, and uh, what it takes to be successful. And so I, I certainly think being around that uh, helped him. And and has helped a number of our players. Coach Ryan Gatula is with us here, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow on uh, CWS Monday here at Zipline. Coach, uh, let's spend some time here on, you know, what stuck out uh, about Nebraska uh, to Gunner and, you know, how they made the impression they made. A lot of time left for, for Gunner to, to thrive and, and do awesome in, in, in school, but yet, I mean, there is a list of programs that really loved what what Gunner can do and project to do. So, are you? I guess are you surprised about how early this decision was for him, or is it more of a relief? Yeah, I, you know, not really surprised. Um, I mean, I think he just after he took his uh, unofficial visit here last weekend. Uh, you know, certainly he had a number of schools that he was interested in and, and had a really open mind going into the process. But I think, you know, he just felt like that was the best fit for him. And as parents, of course, we, we want what's best for, for our kids, just like any parents do. And, and so he felt like that was, you know, the best fit for him. And I think, you know, the relationships are really important. Um, and he, you know, was able to develop some really key relationships, I think, throughout the recruiting process. And, and so, uh, you know, he felt like that's, that's what he wanted to do, and there was really no reason for him, him to wait. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him and, and happy for him. And, Coach, one of the things we've seen from Nebraska in recent years is that most linemen they bring in, they, they try to cross-train just to a side. If you play left tackle, you're going to know left guard, and you might know some center as well. So, so what are the plans for Gunner once he makes it to Nebraska? Do they want to keep him at that left tackle spot, or, or, or have they even discussed that with him yet? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's still got two years of high school, and, and he wants to, you know, continue to improve as a, as a high school football player. And I think – you know, Gunner has some versatility to him in that he has played left tackle in our program, but um, he understands the game pretty well, and I think they see uh, that he is a versatile guy that could play multiple positions. And I think it, you know, I, I certainly don't speak for, for their coaches, but I think, you know, it's going to depend a lot on how he continues to develop. But 
what he looks like two years from now as far as you know where he maybe best fits uh, within uh, the offensive line. And you discuss him trying to get better as a high school football player. Um, is it different for him because his dad is the, the head coach of the school he's going to? And then just as a follow-up to that, what is he working on right now uh, to improve in his game for this next season? Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask him uh, how he likes playing for his dad. <laughs> I, think he, <laughs> I think he's okay with it. I'm sure I get after him a little bit uh, more than, than he would would like sometimes but uh you know he just uh like i said i thought as a sophomore you know he has a good understanding of the game he was uh really pretty good for us in pass protection last year um really got more physical as the season went on and i think you know he's a pretty gritty player as well and that he's not afraid of contact and and so those are things that he's all done done well i think you know he like any athlete he wants to continue to get faster and and get stronger and and become even a better leader in our program you know as a sophomore he was in a situation where you know he had some great senior leadership on that team and so you know as he grows uh, in our program he's going to have to assume some of that eventually as uh, you know one of our leaders on the offensive line and eventually uh, leaders of our team and so uh, those are things that all young players have to continue to work on and and it's no different for him. Coach, uh, as the, the head of Southeast football, how do you kind of grow that leadership opportunity with, with talent that is young and either ease them in or put together a culture of, you know, strong peer and player leadership? Guys will listen to you, but they'll listen to their buddy as well. And that's so key. And, and Southeast has always been pretty dynamite with their leadership, honestly, just covering your team as long as I have uh, over the years. So, I mean, that's not been an issue, but how have you been able to grow that and kind of put it together within that locker room for, for kids to take ownership? Yeah, well, I, I think you're absolutely right. We've, we've been very fortunate. We've had some really good, good leaders uh, in our program, not only during the season, but during the off season and just, you know, they've been able to show younger kids in our program what it's all about as far as the preparation it takes to really be successful. Um, and so I, I think, you know, the players in our program have done a good job of seeing, um, you know, those older kids and, and how they go about their work ethic and um, everyday life and, and the game of football. And, and uh, you know, like I said, our, our younger guys have just done a good job of kind of taking over that mantle when it's their turn to, to be a leader. Coach Ryan Gatula of Lincoln Southeast is with us here talking about his son, Gunnar Gatula. And, and Coach, before we let you get out of here, only a couple minutes left, um, we, we also had last week, we had you on to talk about uh, Jake Applegate. And with those two guys both going to Nebraska on your team, is there anything that you're planning on, on pulling out of the bag this season uh, to be able to, to show those guys off and get them on the field even more? Well, I don't know if we can get Jake on the field much more. I mean, that guy's on the field all the time. Uh, uh, tremendous football player and you know I think Jake is you know I, I'm sure that's what schools loved about him is his versatility as a player uh, you know I know Nebraska is looking at him as an outside linebacker but uh, he's certainly physical enough to maybe eventually move inside and um, he's a dynamite offensive player as well so um, we'll, we'll do everything we can to uh, you know try to try to give him opportunities on both sides of the ball and, and help our team that's for sure. 
Coach, how many times did Elijah Herbal have to run the hills or run the goalposts? <laughs> hey, Elijah, no, there were no issues with Elijah. He's a, he, he was a fun player to coach. Uh, you, good worker. I did have to run the goalposts once. Player. I, I thought that. Elijah was a crafty lineman. He wasn't always the biggest guy, but, you know, he could play multiple positions. He played some center for us, moved out to left tackle, and he found a way to get it done. So there were never any issues coaching Elijah. We have, we have a new middle name for Elijah Crafty. <laughs> Elijah Crafty Herbal. Coach, uh, best to you and your family. Thanks for uh, your time, and uh, congrats to, to Gunner. We'll, uh, we'll talk again uh, as soon as football gets rolling, and thanks for spending uh, a few minutes with us today. You bet. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, guys. There he is. Uh, uh, coach uh, Ryan Gatula with his head coach, Ligon Southeast. Uh, his take on Gunner getting the offer and commitment to Nebraska. Uh, we're here in front of the CWS Game 1 Bandy Mississippi State here at Zipline with Hale Varsity. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff here at uh, Hale Varsity. We are on the road here, College World Series Monday. Zipline, where we're at, we got to see the Iron Horse stop by and say hi. Of course, our friend Josh from Triple B was here. Uh, Nitro, my uh, partner in crime from Able and. We, we avoided the perfect season, thankfully, in flag football with just one win. <laughs> we pulled that off for, uh, for Able Six. Vic in Denver is here all the way from, from uh, the old Rocky Mountains. So a uh, loaded crew here at Zipline and then all of the, the, <laughs> the, the friends of the firm here from Starkville. Uh, they have been imbibing and getting going, getting after it. And uh, still some maroon left. You still got a few Mississippi State fans, Elijah, that are waiting till first pitch, then to go win that at-bat versus the scalpers. Oh, yeah, that, and that's always a good method is, like, once, like, 6.15 rolls around and we're into the bottom of the first inning, what are those scalpers going to do? Just hold on to them? No, they're going to no. lower those prices. That's a fire sale. <laughs> it is. They're getting those things off their hands as fast as they can for whatever price they can get them off their hands for. So um, I, I have heard there's a decent amount of tickets available, which right now they're all for 200 bucks. So uh, the prices are going to drop. Um, I'm hoping to catch a game sometime. One of these three games, probably not tonight, but we'll see. Um, it's, it's okay if I don't, though. I'll save them for the Mississippi State fans. Well, and the other part of this, too, is you want outfield. It's going to run you 200 bucks, uh, which... I don't know. You can't put a price tag, especially as big as Mississippi State baseball is historically. I mean, that has been their claim to fame from a from a stature and program standpoint. And this is way before your guys' time, uh, Elijah and Will. But, I mean, I remember the, A, being fans of the team and their, their players. Bobby Thigpen was... At one point, the leader in saves in the American League for the White Sox, those early 90s, those early 90s White Sox teams where Thigpen uh, almost had 60 saves in one season. That at the time was a record. He was part of Mississippi State. You had Rafael Palmero, and Palmero was awesome until, you know, he lied to Congress and the Senate about steroid use. Uh, so, you know, Paul Merrill had a, a great porn stash and a wonderful uh, swing and was part of the Cubs, and they traded him away. But my guy was Will Clark, and I know Babbers is smiling about Will Clark, uh, the old San Francisco Giant first baseman before 
uh, heading to play for Texas. And, you know, uh, a long career. Will Clark was the, the Will the Thrill baby, one of the sweetest swings in baseball. Your 89 MVP. And if Mississippi State's just got a long list of great ball players that not only made it to Omaha, but also got it to the to the show in the majors. And they are probably one of the best programs in college baseball, your traditional programs to not win it. Now, Mississippi State football uh, got creative for a while when Jackie Sherrill had his last stop. Now they've got our friend, the Pirate, with Coach Leach, who's down in, in Key West, so he's not up here for Omaha. He may make a surprise appearance. It wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, if if I'm Miss, on the private jet, yeah. If if, Miss, if Mississippi State's on the doorstep of a championship, he may be here, but he may say, "Screw it, I'll watch it on TV too." Knowing the pirate, we just talked to him last week. Well, especially looking at the ticket prices too. But but then I, I pirate also, doesn't care. Pirate jump. If it's a heavyweight fight, he'll go out. I mean, he he has made four and a half five million a year. Well, if if Nebraska was in the College World Series this year, I mean, I'd be. Would I be would I be happy paying two hundred dollars for an outfield seat? No. Would I? Yes. To go get that experience to come see it. Right. You can't put a price tag on it. So you, you do have some Mississippi State fans that were camping out overnight, Elijah, trying to get uh, just ticket box office seats, and eventually security, like like an hour before the box opened. office opened. The security from the stadium comes down and says, hey, guys, we're sold out. There's no tickets. You guys got to go. So they've been camping out all night being told, like, when the morning comes around, they're going to release they, they some, some limited quantity of tickets. Yeah. They had assurances that, look, we're doing this for a reason. We're doing this for a purpose. There you go. And we're getting closer to, to the, the window opening and what happens. See ya. So Portnoy uh, for Barstool quote tweeted this called shenanigans and it sounds like he's going to open the uh, the massive barstool checkbook to um to take care of these guys yeah and, and he's he's been known to do this before he, he, he's been known to stick it to organizations he doesn't like well you can't you can't put a price tag on the goodwill that's going to give you well well what's uh i think another factor here is that the guy he's got from barstool here in omaha reporting is a big mississippi state fan a mississippi state grad and he got hired at barstool to stick it to a a sports betting company who was uh was talking some trash about portnoy so what he did was he went and stole away this uh this guy that he had doing uh like betting spots for him he's now turned into like their top college football reporter he's here during the college world series he's been really successful so it, it, this is not a, a a surprise move from portnoy to go oh nca kicked out my There's enough of a history State. of this for him to to do it. Uh, you know, he gets the PR side of it, but he, yep. but more so, he gets the fandom of it. And hey, we're talking about it. So, what's the most you've ever spent on a seat? Some Mississippi State fans have shelled out a couple hundred. Uh, again, my all-time high was like 450 for the Notre Dame Nebraska seat back in 2000, 2000 in South Bend. We got, a, we got a Regents seat, actually, me and Cranach. We don't remember a lot of but we remember the finish. <laughs> and and that was incredible. That was a lot of money. I remember my dad being, like, fired up about how much money I asked him to wire me. Schmitty, you guys. Seat. But, but then in, in the name of football, he's like, 
Go do it. Will, what's what's Papa Bear shelled out for you to go to a game? Oh, God, no, n- nothing much. I, 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 I'm I the cheap tickets. Nosebleeds for sure. But I was going to ask you, Schmitty, back at that Notre Dame game, did you run into the uh, fake ticket situation? I know a lot of people who went to that no. game uh, were down like $400 because they were purchasing fake tickets. I did not. I, I bought them from – he wasn't reputable, but I think he was related to – whoever, you know, worked in administration because and then I ran into a a family friend, old Dorothy Hayes. We love her to death. Dorothy's uh, watched a lot of Nebraska football. So I ran into her on campus. She's like, oh, I have like four together. And she's like, I'm I'm just going to give them to you. I'm like, no, I needed to see you 20 minutes earlier. (laughs) I have no food or beer or, well, I always had beer money, but I had no no gas money or or lodging money left. We stayed at a camp KOA for God's sake. We were... We were barbarians. See, I've never spent anything like that in a game on a concert. Oh, to see to see Crouch win it in overtime, or to go kick the crap out of them, and then oh God, in special teams they come back and tie it, and then to see Nebraska and Tracy Wistrom uh, make that make make it happen. He was totally going to slip away, and then Crouch in overtime wins it with an option play to the left. I mean, it was. It was honestly, I mean, I've seen a lot of Nebraska games, but it was it was great. It was awesome because it was with Cranach. Mm-hmm. And then we were so not right the next morning, we ended up in Pennsylvania instead of going you west. Went, you went right? Yeah, we went right. <laughs> you were taking us up and you went right instead of left. We pulled the old dumb and dumber. <laughs> not the old Rockies were a hell of a lot rockier than this. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't driving, just so we know. I will not tell us who was. But the point of it is, is we ended up in Amish country and sm- almost smoked somebody's buggy. Did you get any good furniture while you were there at least? No, I did. <laughs> we, we did go to a cafe and it was incredible biscuits and gravy. I will give them credit on that. We'll wind down a College World Series Roadshow on Monday with Hale Varsity here at Zipline presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here on a Monday Roadshow College World Series. Big thanks to Charlie McBride, Coach Ryan Gatula, Mike Babcock. Tomorrow, Mitch Sherman. Uh, as we progress through the AD search, and uh, Mr. Kaz, Rick Kaczynski back with us. Uh, my dear friend, the Dickersons here, Nitro, the all-world middle linebacker. Is here. Do you guys still have do you, Nitro? Do you still have your camper? Do you still have the RV? The RV you'd park at the old College World Series on someone's front front lawn with all that natty light in the cooler, huh? It's in North Dakota. A guy named Jesse and Walt have it. Okay, okay. So no, but they had they had the original. Like Uncle Andy has this RV. We're taking. It was the executive. I'm sorry. It had like a scene from the Western on the side. See, I, I that brown and orange tint from the 70s. My family's got a, an unused old 70s Winnebago tow behind like fifth wheel camper. Sure. And I'm thinking I might have to repaint it, deck it out in some Husker red and, and take it down to some, some tailgates. To, you know. The Husker duct, Winnebago. Duct tape a 101.5 on the side. <laughs> put a disco ball in the middle. 
and put a cooler in the front. You think I'll get I'll get like a, a salary bump if I if I do free advertising with my camper? <laughs> you'll, you'll start being paid in American dollars instead of pesos. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> we both would, right? Pay me in Bitcoin, actually. Yeah, there we go. But uh, Nate and Katie. They, they had they, they always had the sweetest setup in the front yard of the old Rosenplatt, you know, the neighborhoods around Rosenplatt and stopped there. Uh, it was we should have done shows from there versus Radio Row it was great. But reminder about buckling up uh, if you're uh, on the road uh, to or from the CWS or just when it gets to uh, finding your way to that next sporting event, 70 percent of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing that seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. You've got a volleyball update for us. Yeah, so uh, we were talking about this uh, two weeks ago. Will and I were about Lauren Stevens' baby coming back. John Cook has confirmed to Volleyball Magazine that Lauren Stevens will try to play in the fall. She is rehabbing from uh, that back surgery she just had. And uh, if she didn't have that back surgery, she was going to try to go pro. Um, but because she's uh, having the back surgery, she's going to try to make it back for the season and have like a, a rehab second senior season uh, to try to get herself back right, back into playing shape, playing form. Uh, and she's going to be back this fall for the Huskers, assuming that she has a clean bill of health uh, for the start of the season. What do we know happened with her back, or is that? I think that's still hush-hush. Okay. I, I, had a, I had a class with her a couple of years ago, um, and there were no problems with her back at the time. So that's, that's all the inside information I can give you. I wonder if you just, like, pulled a muscle. But it said surgery? Surgery, okay. yes. That's no good, man. It's no good. Uh, well, what's on the agenda tonight? Uh, about to head down, work uh, work down to the bar, take care of some drunk people, so you know how it is. Nice. Yeah. What nights do you work, just uh, out of curiosity? Yeah, mo- Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's how it goes. Boom. Oh, yeah. There we are. Have you made a trip to Missouri yet? Not yet. Have you? No, no. I just was wondering what... Uh, but Willie J. Yeah, well, fired up and, you know, and brought back from across the border. Now with now with uh, rent and all that, I well, don't know. Well, you know. this year they uh, they relaxed the firework laws in Nebraska, so we're gonna have bottle rockets in Nebraska this year. We're gonna have a lot of fun stuff. I'm gonna spend a whole paycheck on fireworks. I'm sure that is wise decision making. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Tuesday, with Hale Varsity. Thanks to Will Wilson, Elijah Herbal, and Schmitty. Back at you tomorrow.